Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. And coming up here in just a few moments, actually later on the show, Williston High School Band. This is a great story. They were part of that Salute to America event in Washington, D.C. on Independence Day. So we've got some just outstanding coverage for you on those guys. And uh, what a great honor to be at that incredible event to obviously pay tribute to the United States of America. Plus, a well-known ag economist, speaker, and writer, Dr. David Cole was in town today talking about the ag economy, some of the challenges that we face, and of course, what you can expect here in the near future in the ag economy. He's gonna join us live in studio in just a moment. I wanna start here tonight, though, with a quick recap of President Trump's Salute to America event on our Independence Day. I really wanna to touch on this because there were so many people out there, and I just think you really need to understand why President Trump did this event. A ton of people out there, especially in the mainstream media, said, hey, this is to feed his ego. It was gonna be a political rally. It was all the things that it really wasn't. When it came to be Independence Day and Trump's speech, it was the complete opposite of what you were told that, was, that it was gonna be. Instead, he spoke about uh, how incredible our country is. Uh, the fact that, look, this thing called America, this is an idea right now. It's still sort of a, a you know, 200, what, 43 year experiment, if you will. And it's the greatest country in the world. And look, I know there's some people out there that may disagree with that, i.e. soccer player, Megan, was it Rapino? Rapino? I don't even know how you say her last name, but there's some people that doubt that, but you gotta ask yourself this question. How many other nations on this planet literally have hundreds of thousands of people risking their lives, their children's lives, to come and decide our borders every single month. I can't think of one. So it's gotta tell you something about us being the beacon on the hill, the city on the hill shining its light. So President Trump, he stood up there, uh, obviously paid tribute to our nation, but also what was so powerful is he paid tribute to our incredible military and of course the brave men and women that they put their lives on the line. These are people that you and I have never met, will probably never meet, but they're willing to go out there and risk their lives to protect the freedoms here in this country that you and I get to enjoy on a daily basis. So I said last week, and actually tweeted this out, I think it was on Independence Day, as a matter of fact, I said, look, if you really understood, if you got out of all the media hoopla and the left and right conversation, you really just sat there and you watched his speech and you really understood why President Trump did the speech, you'd be 100% on the Trump train because President Trump talks about this a lot. He started saying this back in, I think, 2015, maybe 2016, he goes, look, I just wanna be a great cheerleader for America. You look at the American confidence these days, the business confidence, small business confidence, so many people, you have a sense now of it's, it's okay to be proud to be American again. And I can't tell you how many people I spoke to after this event on the 4th, people that served our country, people that haven't served our country, and the consistent theme that I heard from them is they said, Chris, you know what? After watching this event, after watching the flyover, seeing what's happening, I just feel proud to be an American today. And I think that's an outstanding feeling to have. So uh, here's some of what President Trump said on Independence Day. As long as we stay true to our purpose, as long as we remember our great history, as long as we never, ever stop fighting for a better future, then there will be nothing that America can not do. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That, that's the cheerleader part of President Trump like there saying, hey, look, there's nothing we can't do. And you consistently see it with the unemployment numbers. Remember, everyone said he needed a magic wand to get that 3% GDP. It's never going to happen again. And 
Here we are, 3% GDP. Here's some great news as well. President Trump said today from the White House that they're already uh, in plans to have another Salute to America event uh, next Independence Day. So, Producer Josh, maybe we can uh, do Point of View live from D.C. next Independence Day. Uh, all right, President Trump also spoke today from the White House regarding the environment. Many people out there going, what? President Trump talking about the environment? Here's his main message. What he wanted to communicate today is this. is Look, you, yes, yes, you can. Yes, you can have a booming economy. Yes, you can have a booming industry and still have a beautiful clean environment. President Trump said today, right now, the United States of America has got the cleanest water on the planet, some of the cleanest air on the planet. And what he really wanted to do was contrast that with the <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez Green New Deal, basically saying, look, we don't need to get rid of cows, planes, trains, and automobiles just to, you know, save the planet. We don't need to do those things. We can have a booming industry and still have a very clean environment. We don't need the Green New Deal. So here's some of what President Trump said today from the White House regarding the environment. When I ran for president, I pledged a strong, growing economy and a healthy environment because I believe that we can pursue both at the same time. We have only one America. We have only one planet. That's why every day of my presidency, we will fight for a cleaner environment, and a better quality of life for every one of our great citizens. Above all, we Wait, what? You mean the world's not going to end in 12 years if we don't solve this problem? <laughs> and, I, and I say that somewhat in jest because what many people don't realize is, remember when President Trump pulled us out of the Paris Climate Accord and everyone said, oh my gosh, this is doomsday. Literally, AOC saying the world's going to end in 12 years. Here's what's incredible. We right now, the United States of America, we're actually decreasing emissions faster than any other nation that is part of, still part of, the Paris Agreement. So some food for thought there. Also, uh, Senator Kevin Kramer, right out of North Dakota here, was at the White House today for this event. So I want to share this with you because President Trump, as you know, uh, President Trump and Senator Kramer have got a great relationship. So President Trump gave Senator Kramer a little shout out today. Also with us are Senators Kevin Kramer, Steve Daines, John Barrasso, these are three great senators, I might add. Perhaps I'm a little prejudiced because I like them very much, but they're great senators. Thank you. Thank you, fellas. <laughs> so anyway, it's a great event there. Kudos to Senator Kramer for uh, getting a nice little shout-out from President Trump. All right, earlier today, Bell Bank put on an outstanding event for our egg producers to really help them you know, weather, take a look at, better understand some of these turbulent times that our egg producers are going through. Also, chance to really look out into the future and best prepare yourselves to maximize your business. So they brought in professor of egg economics, speaker and writer, Dr. David Coley. Jones is live tonight in the studio. Great to have you here, sir. Great Thanks so much for being here. here. Thank you for coming to Fargo and to our community, actually Moorhead. But I want to start with this. You had a lot to say today about what's currently happening, what's going to take place in the future. Uh, with your experience, as you look out into the future and knowing some of the tough times our ag, you know, guys are going through, what concerns you the most? Like, what should the people at home go, okay, I need to pay attention to that? I think one of the things is agriculture is a very important industry, of course, to the United States of America. Matter of fact, it's the foundation uh, behind the success of the United States of America. And one of the things that the people at home have to realize that our agriculture producers, of course, we have the trade issues, but we also have weather we have a lot of uncertainty into the markets. And so one of the messages I was trying to give the ag producers today is 
manage the things that you can manage, manage around the uncontrollables. And today, uh, you know, with social media and, you know, all the events occurring, not only here in the United States and around the world, it's very easy to get enamored uh, with all these outside obstacles. But what you got to do, uh, like an athlete, you got to focus on the things that you control. Speaking about the social media piece, you shared an anecdote with me, you know, off camera, if you want to share that, great. But my, my point is, you just heard President Trump there talk about the environment. Yes, we can have booming industry and a clean environment, and yet sometimes I think farmers often get sort of a bad rap. You know, hey, you're putting stuff in the water. You, what's your response to that? My take on that, and I'm in agreement with uh, President Trump, uh, one of the things is most every farmer out here, uh, they know that they need to have a healthy soil healthy water because if you have a healthy soil uh, one of the things is you have a healthy plant ha healthy animal and then healthy human being you know one of our strategic advantages over China 21 percent of their herbal soil uh, is toxic and uh, a lot of people don't talk about those uh, type of issues and so uh, having uh, you know a strong environment uh, leads to strong business environment as well and most producers out here uh, would be in total agreement of that. We'll get to some of the trade stuff in a moment. I want to share with you, uh, Congressman Colin Peterson, Chairman of the House Ag Committee, mm -hmm. uh, had a piece last week. It was an interview that he did. He basically, he's been on this show as well. He said, hey, Chris, if you think things are bad now, you ain't seen nothing yet if we don't get these trade deals done. But to quote him in this article, we bring the graphic up, guys. He said, uh, here's what he sees coming. Land prices are going to fall. Crop prices will not go up. There's going to be farm bankruptcies in the next year that could rival the egg crisis, the 80s. He is, and I'm quoting here, to say that chickens are coming home to roost and they may be roosting for a good long time. Do you agree with him? One of the things is he has some credence in that uh, statement. One of the things that's keeping us out of a farm crisis like we had in the 1980s, our land values have uh, maintained. And you think about 83% of the U.S. farm balance sheets in farmland. And so far, we have not seen a decline in the farm land values. There's a reason for that. Uh, number one, our lenders and our bankers have been willing to refinance some of those losses using some of the equity on the balance sheet, be analogous to a home equity loan. Uh, second element is we have investors coming in, and you're a former football player. Uh, we actually have football coaches buying farmland, <laughs> uh, uh, hockey players in Missouri buying farmland, and so that's keeping our farmland up. But if we see a drop in this farmland, he's exactly right. Uh, we could have a crisis like we had into the 1980s because one of the things you compound the drop in the balance sheet values would be like so what would precipitate that in your opinion uh, one of the things is if uh, the door closed on the restructuring and refinancing of debt that would be number one number two if uh, the uh, farmers out here decided I don't want to lose any more equity and so they start selling farmland because it's all about supply and demand. So then Trump's got a very valid point going, hey Federal Reserve Chairman, you need to keep these rates down, right? Let's put it this way, uh, interest rates are very, very critical. Low interest rates are very critical, not only to farmland values, but stock values as well. And so the whole point here is interest rates are uh, directly correlated uh, to the wealth on our balance sheet, not only on the farms and ranches, but our personal balance sheets as well. Let's talk about China. You right now are sitting in the county that's the number one uh, soybean producing county mm -hmm. in the nation. Mm -hmm. I think, what, 90% of the soybeans or so went to China. What's your take on this tariff strategy from President Trump? Uh, you know, a lot of people criticize President Trump. President Trump needed to do some of these things because they were pirating our technology. Of course, you think about it, Chris, agriculture is always the point dog that feels at first. 
I think one of the things that, uh, on the downside, uh, China and some of the other countries have gone to other alternative sources, whether it's South America or other areas, or Canada. Canada's become a big uh, soybean producer. And so one of the things is we needed to do it, uh, but we may have driven uh, China and other countries to other markets out there. So, so with that being said, do you think we should have stayed in the TPP, or do you like these sort of unilateral I'm, bilateral I'm gonna, deals? I'm not going to be politically correct. I think we should have stayed in the TPP. But both administrations wanted out. So yeah. a lot of people appointed President Trump, but the Obama administration was. Uh, so I'm not a TPP expert, so why do you think that we should have stayed in it? Because one of the things is there's a number of countries in there, and, and what happened was when we pulled out, China uh, filled the void. And so it gave China a strategic advantage uh, with those uh, countries in the TPP. And of course, Canada, our neighbors to the north, involved with TPP so they can form those relationships. Because it would have given us more leverage against China, yes? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. The only thing that jumped, there was a few things that jumped out of me said today, but one of the other one was, I think you mentioned it was Brazil is going to be able to triple their land production soon. And I thought about that from a standpoint of if you talk to farmers, like for example, Chairman Peterson said, hey, look, you know, we needed a bumper crop to make money. But you almost get to a point now, and as I talk to more farmers, that we are so good at producing crops now that the oversupply is going to be lowering prices and if you're bringing that much more land as you suggest today now that's going to be you know ag developed what does that mean for our farmers well i want to be clear to the people who are watching this show think about this brazil and argentina are bringing the equivalent of the state of vermont and half the state of maryland of farmland on each year and they have the dry powder of the i states iowa illinois and indiana and, and you compound that with technology in the hands of better managers and with some of these weather changes that we're seeing, what it bodes is commodity prices are going to be suppressed in the long run. Now, you can have weather aberrations like we're having this year. Uh, it might give you a temporary spike, uh, but in the long run, you've got these competitive forces going on and it'll impact the upper Midwest uh, competitiveness worldwide. You got about 30 seconds left. I'll give you the last word. Anything else you want to add? I'll tell you one of the things. I'm still optimistic about American agriculture. And one of the things that I'll say, it's the foundation behind the success of the United States of America. Strong agriculture means a strong economy in a strong country. Do we get these markets back, though, that you said that, hey, we could be losing? Uh, one of the things is, it takes a long time, Chris, That's to build those market relationships. And sometimes... I don't know if we have that time or enough trade aid to do that. So we'll see. Hopefully President Xi and President Trump get this deal worked out. Thank you for being here. Thanks oh, for your time. It's an honor to be here. Appreciate it very, very much.